Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 10. I'm your host, Stephen Westaway. Getting prepped here on Wednesday night for Magic Round, which kicks off on Friday night. Eight games of football all coming live from Suncorp Stadium up there in Brisbane. And Round 9 set up Magic Round nicely. A lot of big upsets, a lot of big matches, and we may as well start with the the one that's really shook up this competition, and that was the Parramatta Eels handing the Penrith Panthers their first loss of the season. It was a great game there last Friday night, and the Eels really showed up after in round eight um, getting dismantled by a very comprehensive Cowboys outfit, but they showed up last Friday night defeating the Panthers 22-20, to and um, you know, I said on this podcast last week they were a chance in that game. I hesitated on who I should tip in that game. I went Penrith, but uh, it was a really good game of football. The Eels, they've still got improvement in front of them, but they've proven that, you know, up until this point, it seemed like it was a two-team race for the Premiership after eight rounds in the Storm and Penrith. The Eels have come forth and really staked their claim as contenders. And while Cronulla haven't got that big win that they're looking for, they were great, uh, I mean, short against a very disappointing Warriors team, but they've also put their hands up as potential contenders in this competition. But... Kudos, kudos to Parramatta. It was a strong performance. Regan Campbell, Gillard, Junior Paulo really re- led from the front. Isaiah Papalihi and Ryan Madison were outstanding as well. And their big guns, players like Clint Gustin, who had been quiet for the last couple of weeks, really stood up and performed when it mattered. So, you know, it's all about consistency for Parramatta. I said on the podcast at the start of the year that if they don't make the grand final this year, then I would consider this season to be a disappointment. They need to back it up this week. It's a huge game against the Roosters. A lot of the times, they seem to be able to get up for the big games as of recent times, but it's the games that they should win that they struggle in. They need to be consistently good throughout the season, and then they need to be getting these big wins come finals time if they're going to break that 36-year drought since they won their last premiership in 1986. Other games this weekend, I was up live uh, up Acor Stadium on Thursday evening where the Broncos destroyed my bunnies, my South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, in a very good performance by the Broncos, but a very disappointing performance by the Rabbitohs. They're in a bit of panic stations now at the moment. They've got a lot of injuries. Cam Murray just confirmed that he's going to be out for a month. Um, but obviously the big game this weekend, and we'll talk about South Sydney and their woes later and how good Brisbane are travelling, but the huge game this weekend, the Melbourne Storm, Versus the Penrith Panthers, they played in the 2020 Grand Final. They're the two best teams in our competition at the moment. They're going to go head-to-head on Saturday evening. Ryan Pabahousen and Raymond Smith are going to be out of the Storm lineup. Pabahousen's the big exclusion. He suffered a an MCL, MCL injury in the first half by the look of it, and, you know, it might not have been as bad if the Storm took the, took him off in that dismantling huge victory over the St. George Dragons, who were extremely poor in that, that game when Melbourne won 40 points to, uh, 42 points to 6. But they carried on. He, he played on. He tried to run out the injury. Um, quite unnecessary by the Storm to keep him on, in my opinion, and you're just asking for trouble. But then he also injured his hamstring. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. Massive blow for the Storm. Raymond Smith also a long-term injury. So... A couple of troops down for Melbourne, but they've been kind of looking with one eye forward to this game for the last month of the competition, at least, in my opinion. They started off slow against the Dragons before putting together, and Penrith coming off a loss. It's going to be a huge game up there Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium as the main event of Super Saturday. That day is sold out up there at Suncorp, so it's going to be a huge weekend. I'm excited for it. We're going to preview all the action for Round 10 and Magic Rounds. But before we get to that, please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast, wherever it be Anchor, Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, any podcast platform you listen to, Steve's NRL Footy Tips is on it. So subscribe, like my post on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. If you haven't liked that page, go ahead and like it because you can stay up to date for the latest news on the show. And before we get to round 10, I'm going to do my weekly wrap-up of round 9. I did get 5 out of 8 footy tips correct. I've been struggling a little bit in the last couple of weeks, hoping to get back to my best with this huge and momentous round up there at Suncorp. It started off poorly. Um, I was 0 for 3. As I said, I recovered 5 from f- five from 8 overall. So um, hoping to get back on track this weekend. But my team of the week for round 9, some standout performers again and for the, uh, I believe it's the second weekend in a row, James Tedesco is my fullback of the week. I thought he was the outstanding 
in the Roosters' victory over the Gold Coast Titans. The Roosters still aren't playing their best brand of football. We'll talk about that when we get to their preview against Parramatta in that blockbuster Sunday afternoon game. But three tries by Tedesco, over 200 metres. He looked threatening every time he touched the ball. Tackle breaks, line breaks, line breaks, assists. And, um, you know, he's so influential to the rest of the Sydney Roosters team. I thought their hearts were better this week. And I think it was on the back of Tedesco, um, really bringing the Roosters, the rest of that side along with him because uh, he laid a platform with some strong returns uh, from kicks to start their sets. In my wings, I've gone Taylor May from the Penrith Panthers. I thought that despite the loss, he was uh, as electrifying as always. I thought he might struggle when it came to, especially in defense, when it came to some games against the bigger teams. But I think he really stood up in the Panthers' defeat uh, to the Parramatta Eels on last Friday night. And he scored two tries. Um I know no, he scored one try, sorry. I know two. He scored two tries, yes. He scored two tries in their defeat to Varamatta. Last Friday seems so long ago at the moment. I mean, it's almost been a week. Um, the other wing I've gone, Sol and Cobbo from the Broncos. I thought he was really impressive in CF's, uh defeat to Brisbane. Brisbane's huge upset win up there at Acor Stadium last Thursday. In the centres, I've gone Connor Tracy from Cronulla and Ben Trorovich from Manly. I thought that Ben is really finding his feet in first grade. He was named at center. He shifted out into second row, but he kind of played on the edges throughout the game, so putting him in centers and um, a couple of big tries. And uh, Tommy Turbo um, got to you know kind of set up his brother and get him over over the line. And it was a great moment seeing all three brothers celebrating after that big win over the Tigers last week for Manly. And kind of Tracy successful return from injury, getting back into Cronulla's seventeen. He played on the wing. But uh, as I said, he, he pretty much kind of roamed around those edges. And um, Cronulla with 12 men, I thought he was really good to finish a couple of tries there um, in that big victory over the Warriors. In the half, I've gone Cameron Munster from Melbourne. He is having his best season in the NRL to date, in my opinion, this season. He was outstanding in their big victory over the Dragons on Sunday afternoon. I thought that um, every time he ran the ball, he looked dangerous. He scored a try, he set one up, six tackle breaks, three line breaks, an offload. Um, good kicking game, and... Not that, you know, they're playing much Melbourne, but I think that's a really good sign. His form, his confidence that he's playing with heading into this big game against Penrith on Super Saturday. At halfback, I've got Nico Hines from Cronulla. I thought that, um, you know, he is the signing of the year without a doubt at the moment, and he's just leading this Cronulla side around the park so easily. Um, good field goal to end the good game and really cement that big victory, but two try assists, a try. He was... His work off the ball is enormous, how he's backing up every play, and that's how he scored his try last Sunday. But um, for a guy that I was, you know, questioning whether he's up for uh, for the halfback jersey and whether it would be better suited for Cronulla to put him at 5'8 or fullback, and he's playing fullback this week, but due to necessity, due to Will Kennedy's suspension, which we'll talk about later as well. But I thought that he's done a massive job um, last week and, and this season in general of really lifting this Granada side and um, controlling the game really well. His game management's improving every week, and I think that he's a smoky for the Dalian medalist this year, Nico Hines, and he could now with Ryan Paberhausen's injury um, and him going to be at Origin 1, he could be a contender, Nico, for that 14 utility jersey there for the Blues. My front rowers have got David Clemmer from Newcastle. Newcastle, seven losses in a row. What is there to say about them? But I think Clemmer really stood up in that defeat against the Cowboys, and I think that... They started that game with a lot of, um, you know, expectations behind themselves. They want to break this streak. They're not playing. No, they're not playing well enough. I thought their forwards laid the best platform I've seen them, you know, lay since um, and and build on that since the round two victory against the Tigers. So I think Clemmer was instrumental. They didn't get the two points, but I thought it was his best performance of the year. Junior Paulo from the Eels, on the other hand, um, you talk about someone having an influence on the game. He was outstanding for Parramatta last Friday night. I mean, he'd been pretty quiet. Up to this point this season, I don't think he was playing with that usual um, frenzy and controlled aggression that Paulo has played with in the past, especially in 2021. But 207 metres, 26 tackles, three offloads. It was a complete performance by one of the premier props in the NRL, and he has continued that um, weekly for Parramatta if they're going to break this premiership drought. And I think that's a really good sign for Brad Fittler as well, that performance, because I think Paulo's spot might have been... Uh, and still might be questionable in the Blues side. They have a lot of options to choose for in the forwards, but I think Paulo just reminded everybody how good he can be, especially against the, the current Premiers. So um, great performance there by Junior Paulo. My hooker of the week was Harry Green. I thought he was enormous in the Storms victory of the Dragons. Their leaders really stood up. Paverhausen got hurt, but he was playing well. Jerome Hughes really played good, but Munster and Grant really controlled the team, and I thought that um, at the moment, Grant's just leagues ahead of... 
every other hooker in the NRL, including Damien Cook, who isn't really getting helped out by his team's form, but I think that it's going to be a big battle come origin because Harry Grant, 161 metres, two trial assists, one line break, three tackle breaks, four line break assists. He's everywhere on the field. He can really break defensive lines at will. It seems like this year, Harry Grant, and, you know, defensive lines can never... Um, you know, lower their guards for a moment, or Harry Green's going to find an opportunity to really expose them in the middle of the field, and that's what he's done so well so far this season. In the second rows, I've gone um, Big Ryan Madison and Papalihi, both from the Eels. I thought Madison was fantastic off the bench. He scored a try, really laid a platform for the Eels forwards, especially in that second half, and I thought, thought Isaiah Papalihi has been one of the best forwards for the last two seasons, and it was another big performance by him on Friday night. My lock of the week is Patrick Carrigan from the Broncos. Without Payne Haas and Kurt Capewell, they needed a forward leader, and Carrigan came straight back into the 17th last Thursday and really took it to the big Rabbitohs forwards. I thought he put Jai Arrow off his game early, um, 142 metres, a try assist, and over 30 tackles is exactly what the Broncos needed to dismantle the Rabbitohs through the middle of the field. So, well done, Patrick Carrigan. On my bench, I've gone... Um, Matt Frawley from the Raiders, I thought he'd done a standout job replacing Jack Wyden. Um, it really made a difference, especially with that try that he scored against the Bulldogs in that DR affair last Friday night. Lachlan Croker from Manly was really good. Got him as a bench spot. He's been solid all season, but I think it was his best performance of the season last Saturday afternoon. Adam Reynolds from the Brisbane Broncos. Man of the match performance against his old club. He was outstanding. Led the uh, the Broncos all night, try assists, um, scored a try, um, and really upset the Rabbitohs. And you can just tell, it's been in the media all week, how much South Sydney missing. And at the moment, he's proving um, that the Rabbitohs should have really offered him an extended deal. And it's one of the biggest mistakes that South Sydney have made in a very long time, letting Reynolds go. Now, it could change, but at the moment, Reynolds is playing some of the best football of his career. And Chad Townsend from the Cowboys rounds out my bench this week. I thought he was... Really good and really controlled the team well. Free tries to this great kicking game in their victory over the Newcastle Knights. That is my team of the week for round nine. I know you guys are waiting for my footy tips and my bets of the week for round two. Uh, sorry, round ten up there uh, in Suncourt for Magic Round. The action all kicks on on Friday night. Let's get to it now. Magic Round, it kicks off 6 p.m. Friday night. And Magic Round kicks off at 6 p.m. on Friday evening. From Suncorp Stadium, where all this weekend's games will take place. It's going to be a huge round of football, but if you're picking a game as a 6pm Friday game where people might still be getting into town, I think that the fixtures this year, I don't know if they were perfectly designed, but I think this opening game was perfectly designed in terms of where the teams are placed, and that's when the Canterbury Bulldogs will host the Newcastle Knights from 6pm. Both of these teams struggling tremendously in 2022, and I tipped the Bulldogs to beat the Raiders last weekend. I was severely disappointed by their performance in trying to back up that big win over the Roosters the previous week, but they uh, they seem like it's you know two steps forward, one step back, so to speak, um, in terms of how they're improving their side. I thought that Matt Burden really stood up, and that disallowed try really changed the course of the game in that game over the Raiders. But at the moment, they just don't have the troops and the star power to compete with some of these big teams in the competition. I feel like um, they're improving small steps at a time, but I thought their forward pack was pretty ordinary last Friday night. Luke Thompson had probably his worst game of his NRL career, close to it in my opinion. I don't think Paul Vaughan and him really set a platform. And um, you'd like to just see a little bit more from Tabita Pengai Jr., and, um, you know, as these a lot of these kids, which they do have a lot of kids, guys like uh, Bailey Bondiodo and, and Max King and uh, Joe Stimson and the like, I think as they, and Aaron Shoup as well, as they develop, um, it's going to be a week-in-week week proposition. But this is definitely a winnable game because they're versing a Newcastle Knights team that have now lost seven in a row. They're probably favourites for the Wooden Spoon. They've been so disappointing. They are boosted this week by the return of Adam Clune and Mitch Barnett back in the team after he served his six-week suspension um, that he he got in that send-off uh, all the way back in round three when uh, Newcastle played Penrith and they were on top of the table, uh, leaders. But, uh, you know, that would be boosted by the return of him. Lachlan Fitzgibbon finally got some football in his legs last week, and I thought that um, David Clemmer and Daniel Saifidi probably had their best performances of the season. So there was improvement in Newcastle. They seemed like they were in the contest in uh, up to their eyeballs until late in that second half against the Cowboys last week. But, you know, they've still got plenty of improvement in them. And as each week grows, so does the pressure have to on Adam O'Brien. I mean, it's just not good enough. A lot of the performances there, 
you know, dishing out. They need to get wins on the board. Tex Hoy and Clune, I don't know about that pass combination. But as I mentioned, these two teams are just really struggling at the moment. And it's a hard game to predict because you never know um, what you're going to get from either of them. I mean, I, st- I don't want to pick on one player. But for the Bulldogs, I honestly don't know how Matt Dufty is still in first grade. He was terrible last week for the Bulldogs. And, you know... Out of their spine at the moment, I only feel like Burden is the one that's really um, making a statement and saying that this is my jersey. Flanagan, Dufty, and Marshall King are, are kind of disposable in terms of, you know, without being too critical, they just are not having an impact on the game at the moment. And I know it's hard when your forwards aren't, aren't laying a platform for you, but I feel like they need to really try different ways to get involved in the game. I mean... Dufty, he needs to take lessons. If he's going to be continue to be a first grader, which he's only on contract for the end of the year, and I don't know if he's going to get a contract extension, take note of what James Tedesco, Ryan Papperhouse, and Dylan Edwards do. They lay such a, such a big platform early in the sets, take pressures off their pressure off their forwards, and that's what all the Bulldogs outside backs need to do. And um, instead of finding themselves camped on their own line, they'll find themselves with a lot more attacking opportunities in the game. And I think the Raiders really dominated possession last week. They need to swing that somehow, the Bulldogs. And it's got to be on the back of the outside backs. They're one, two, and five. And their forward pack. And then their, you know, their halves and their hooker get space and time to move and roam and really get involved in the game. But um, as I said, both of these teams, you never know what you're going to get. Pong is the big man for Newcastle. He's been disappointing so far this season. So... At the moment, I'm actually leaning towards the upset in Newcastle. I just think that um, I saw a little bit more from them last week to think that they're starting to edge closer to a victory. As I said, not too much from what I saw when they had the football in the hands in terms of attacking the opposition line. They scored some points, but um, I wasn't too thrilled by what they were dishing in an attack. But I think their forward laid a really good platform. And I can't say the same for the Bulldogs at the moment. I think that Newcastle are going to get a lot of opportunities on the Bulldogs line if they can hang on to the ball. And I think they've got more points in them when push comes to shove. But this is a really tough game to tip to start the round. As I said, I expect a lot of people to still be getting into Brisbane for, as this game's happening and still getting into the ground for the second game that evening. Um, but, you know, it's not a great way to start Magic Round. Um, as I mentioned, it's a toss of the coin. I'm going to go Newcastle by eight points to start Magic Round 2022. Now, a lot of talks on the Super Saturday main event, and to, rightfully so, first versus second, Melbourne Storm versus the Penrith Panthers is going to be a huge occasion on Saturday night, and hence why it's sold out for Magic Round. But me personally, I'm really excited for this game. Um, I think that it's a smoky that it could be match of the week, and it's the Manly Seagulls hosting the Brisbane Broncos from the Broncos' home stadium up there at Suncourt Stadium. Um because of the Magic Round celebrations, and mainly seem to take their home games up there every season, whether it's Magic Round or not. Surely they're getting some sort of conversation in return, because it's a big advantage to the Broncos every year that they do it. And they're versing a Brisbane Broncos side this year that's in red-hot form. Now fantastic in the win over the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who were very poor last Thursday night up there um, at ANZ, in pretty good conditions, apart from some wins. Um, there's no real excuses there for South Sydney. We'll talk about that later, but... They did it without two of their forward leaders as well, the Broncos. Payne Huss, Kurt Capewell, but they're back, both back in this week. Patrick Carrigan last week really led the forward pack around well. He was a big inclusion after being injured for a while, and I thought Adam Reynolds' um, career best form at the moment, if not close to his career best form. I mean, he had some great years at South Sydney, but he just seems like he's enjoying his football at the moment, and the pressure's off a little bit. He knows he's the leader of the team. Um but players like Billy Walters, Tyson Gamble, they seem to be improving around him, the other playmakers every week, and it's really promising to see. I think Tia Marie Martin's improving it there at the fullback there for him as well. And you look at their forward pack this week, Payne Huss, Kurt Capewell, Patch Carrigan, Billy Walters. It is starting to, you know, with development, with these young kids getting more football into the legs, it's starting to be a really impressive forward pack. Um that could strike fear into the opposition. So I'm really enjoying the football that the Broncos are playing this year. They're versing a Manly Seagulls side that, you know, they got Tommy back last week, their main man, and they were fantastic in that win over the Tigers. I thought the Tigers were pretty impressive at certain stages of the game to to stick with Manly, but they did get away a little bit later on in the match, and I thought that... Uh, Ben Trojevic did a really good job shifting out there second row in his first start in the NRL, and um, he's 
been named at centre this week. Uh, they're also bolstered, bolstered by the return of their big second rowers in um, Shustan Olkowatu this week. Now, Olkowatu hasn't been named in the 17, but I expect him to be a game day inclusion. It'll be interesting to see who drops out between a Bullymore and Andrew Davey. But, um, you know, they've got their key man back on board now, Manly. Garrick and uh, Tommy Turbo's connection is always going to be a threat. Cherry Evans is playing really good football, and I think that their forward pack has really improved over the past month of football. Uh, Jake Trorovic is starting to get back to his best footy um, and starting to enjoy a little bit more, as you can see, after his post-match press with his brothers last week. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good game of football up there on Friday night. I think that Manly aren't playing to what I think their potential is. And, you know, they were in a preliminary final last year and I don't think they've got back to that level of confidence yet. And, you know, it's been disrupted with, their, you know, their star playing being out of the field, but uh, off the field. But I think that Cherry Evans has led the team around well. I think that each week they're growing and really building their football and so are the Brisbane Broncos. So just like the first game, I think this is a real toss-up. And I know that mainly your favourites, I think Brisbane should be right up there because what Brisbane are doing is they're really making... Teams earn victories over them this year. They're not going to win every game, Brisbane, but they're going to play good footy um, and really fight every two for now. And what they did last week to see how Sydney is they upset Cody Walker early in the game and see us just couldn't find their rhythm. They made a lot of errors, um, but some of them were forced by Brisbane's good defence and and how they read uh, the Rabbitohs' attack and it was some good defensive reads there uh, for Brisbane last week. And to the point where I actually think that Brisbane um, are a big chance in this game. I mean... You'd expect Manly to win, but I just feel like Manly are not playing with the confidence that I think they should be, um, you know, starting the season with, because I just feel like if things go wrong for Manly, I just don't have that, have that resilience that Brisbane have at the moment. So I'm actually going to lean towards Broncos winning this game. I think that Huss, Carrigan, Capewell really lay a platform, and Reynolds continues that big form. The only... Kind of negative I see with Brisbane if that Reynolds can't get his natural kicking game out. I don't know who's their backup kicker in terms of taking some pressure off Reynolds. If Manly's forwards can really bully him, then I feel like Manly can get on top early and really um, put the Broncos to the sword. But the Broncos start this game well, play the first 15 to 20 minutes and really compete hard. I think the longer the game goes, I think the more it advantages is Brisbane Broncos if it stays closed and low scoring. So I'm going to go Brisbane in a bit of an upset in this game. I'm going to go Brisbane by six in front of their home ground, in front of their home fiends up there at Brisbane for Magic Round this year. My favourite time of the week, Super Saturday, and it's sold out this week up at Suncorp Stadium for Magic Round, the first game of the day. Kicks off at 3pm when the New Zealand Warriors host the CR Sydney Rabbitohs, and this is... Must win for both teams, I'll say. The New Zealand Warriors, how did they blow last week? They were up 13 on 12 for 65 minutes of that game. They were up 13-11, a two-man advantage for 10 minutes of that game. And in that 10 minutes, they didn't score a point. They did not expose Cronulla uh, how you should when you have a man advantage. And they have just been so disappointing this year. And, um, you know, somehow they've got four wins on the board. But really, they're lucky to have some of those wins. And... Um, you know, their forwards didn't lay a platform. Um, and really, I mean, Cronulla dominated possession. So unforced errors. Sean Johnson couldn't steer his team around to really expose Cronulla, both on the edges and up the middle of the guts to really tie them out. Thank you, on Cronulla are good, but that is not a game that you blow off the New Zealand Warriors. They conceded 70 to the Storm two weekends ago. Bounced back last week, but then this week you saw... Um, them just horribly at a touch. And I think Nathan Brown's really got to be feeling the heat at the moment because I look at this Warriors team and I just don't know where they go from here in terms of improvement. Um, they are bolstered by a huge return this week in their captain, Tohu Harris. But, man, they're just so far off the pace at the moment that it's not funny. I mean, the victory over the Raiders is kind of, you know, just shows you how bad of a place the Raiders are in at the moment as well because the Warriors are, are really in a hole. And if they can't win a football game when they've got a man advantage for 65 minutes or even be in the football game. The fact that they lost by 19 points to a team that had a player advantage on over 15, over 65 minutes of that game, who got sent off only 15 minutes in in Will Kennedy, unbelievable, especially when that player was your fullback, who you know is often shouting in instructions and, and, and telling the defense where to be. And the fact that the Warriors couldn't expose that is awful. Awful one, New Zealand, and I think that they're going to be in for a, Big struggle for the rest of the season. I hope they can, you know, bounce back from this. But 
Their opponents also need to bounce back, and that's just the how Sydney Rabbitohs are. I was at the game. I am a Bunnies fan last Thursday night, and it was horrible. It was a disastrous performance. Cody Walker got angry from the first set of the game with Billy Walters getting into his face, and they just haven't been able to recover from the grand final last year in their losses. Latrell's being out hasn't helped. Their halves haven't fired, and Cody can tell is getting frustrated. He's not the same player he was last year who scored, got all those tries this year. He needs to somehow find that form back. His partner in Ilias, you know, not being completely ready for NRL. And he's done a good job with the opportunity he's, he's been given this year, Ilias. But I don't think he's developed into that first-grade player yet. It's really um, having a negative effect on Cody Walker's game, not having Latrell on the left-hand side in attackive raids, um, being forced to do a lot of the kicking, not having his main man, Adam Reynolds, by his side. It's been a huge impact. Um, and the Rabbitohs are, are even more weakened this year, uh, this weekend. Taft's in depth, so he might not play. Cam Murray, their inspirational leader and captain, he's out for four to six weeks and most likely going to miss State of Origin 1 for the Blues as well. It's disaster stations at the moment. Their forwards aren't laying a platform. Cody Walker's been named captain this week. So that's basically South Sydney's way of saying, this is your team. You have to dig us out of this hole. But, man, they're not doing the simple things correctly. And uh, when they're not they're not doing that, and Cody Walker finds himself under pressure, he's not reacting well. So, I mean, 13 errors um, last weekend against the Broncos. They've got the worst completion rate in the NRL. I think they're just fitting, sitting over 60% at the moment. If you want to be a finals team, if you want to make an impact in this competition, that has to be a lot better, and I'm not seeing that at the moment from CF Sydney. They only find themselves with four wins, which is the same as the New Zealand Warriors, so both of these teams need to win badly. CF Sydney aren't showing me much, and this has come from Rabdo's fan. I mean, Cody Nicarima is a good in this week. He's... The mid-season signing, Tom Burgess, they severely missed last week as well. He'll find himself back into the 17 this week. And um, Jackson Paulo gets a reprieve there in the centres. But for me, um, their forward pack really has to get over the top of the Warriors early because there's one thing that we know about the Warriors. If they're behind early on, they seem to really concede and stop trying at times. I think they can be accused of, and their big forward pack gets tied quickly. I mean, Toe Harris is going to be tackling all day, so is Jazz Tavanga, but... Um, guys like Matt Lodge and Adam Funnell Blake, I don't think they got the biggest motor in them. And then the outside backs defense is questionable. So if CFC didn't get a roll on quickly, I think they can score a lot of points in this game. And I think it can be go out to be a bit of a flogging. But CFC have long confidence. Um, do they have it in them? That's the question because I don't see the Warriors um, scoring over three tries in this game. But it's whether CF Sydney um, can get back to the Rabbitohs we know and what we saw you know, at the back end of last year. And as I said, they're not the same team this year, but they need to find a way to play close to 80 minutes in game. And they haven't even played, you know, 40 minutes of good football this year in a half. They haven't played a half of, you know, great football, in my opinion. So um, how do you tip the Warriors at the moment? They're just a disaster. Um, they'll be lucky not to get the wooden spoon the way they're traveling. It's only that, you know, the Knights and... The Bulldogs and the Raiders potentially are travelling worse. They've escaped so much criticism and the Titans, but, man, they are just in a hole at the moment, the Warriors. Nathan Brown, where do you go from here? Your job could be under some serious, um, you know, pressure after this loss. And as for Jason, Demetrio and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the pressure's going to grow on them unless they can significantly improve from what I saw at Acor Stadium last week. So... I don't know who to tip. I'm going to lean towards CF Sydney on the faith that I think that CF have the highest ceiling and you know can still be a finals team in 2022. But if they lose this game, then there's going to be some significant changes. And if Ilias and Walker, and if Walker's getting frustrated and Ilias you know, can't find rhythm and can't get into the contest, I think Cody Nicarim is a good 14 to have there. You can bring him in and he can, you know, make a difference. He's got a good running game, Nikarima. Maybe he can take a little bit of pressure over Cody Walker. So I just think that there's more positives in South Sydney's game at the moment, but it's hard to find a positive in either one's performances last week and over the past few weeks. And the second game of Super Saturday kicks off at 5.30 up there at the home of Magic Ground, Suncorp Stadium, when the Gold Coast Titans host the St. George Illinois Dragons. And if you're not missing the Bulldogs and Knights by some chance. You're already in town. You're going to go to the games. You've got a Friday night off. You're just watching on TV. And if you want to skip another game this weekend, just skip this one because the Tigers with the Dragons doesn't really appeal to me too much on paper. I mean, 
Where uh, the Dragons were horrible last week against the Storm. The Storm were not at their best in that first half, and they still made the Dragons look like under eights. I mean, Ben Hunt is, without a doubt, their standout player. But for me, and by Amone, he's not getting much help from either one of those two. Their forwards were just completely dominated by Melbourne. And, um, you know, they kept them out for a while, and they... They fought hard, but when Melbourne started scoring tries, I think the Dragons just gave up, and um, it's not a promising sign um, for for Anthony Griffin. Somehow he has to um, really get him refocused this week and just hope that that performance um, isn't indicative of the rest of their season because they were on a roll before that Storm game, the Dragons, three in a row. They'd beaten, you know, admittedly teams like the Knights and the Tigers, but it was a big win over the Roosters on Anzac Day. They need to find that form again uh, this weekend because they're versing a desperate team, they're versing a struggling team in the Gold Coast Titans, a team that I've been very critical of this po- on this podcast this year. And, um, you know, it just seems to be the same thing every week for the Titans. You know the potential this club has, but they're just not living up to it. And they're in the game against the Roosters in that first half. But, um, you know, they just seem to lack resilience. That Holbrook's finally put the brush through the team in terms of changes. He's dropped... A fair few. I mean, Marzal's out. Greg Marzal, Corey Thompson's been dropped. Preston Campbell's son, Jaden, finally gets a reprieve in the first grade this week. Uh, Will Smith's dropped because Campbell shifts back to fullback and Brimson will go back into the Haas, which I think Brimson's been their best player for the last two weeks as fullback, so I don't agree with that decision. Um, but what they seem to be doing at the moment, the Titans is really just shifting the deck chairs. Um, the likes of Kevin Proctor finds himself... Uh, in reserve grade this week as well. Jolof, likewise. Um, the feeder, their main man's out for a long period of time. And let's be honest, he wasn't set in the house on fire. So they can, you know, shuffle the deck chairs all they want, the Titans, but they're in a big hole. Um, and the only way they're going to get out of it is through effort and especially focus on the defensive efforts. I mean, their kicking game's been poor with their hearts, but their defense just seems to fold <laughs> with any sort of pressure. And... I mean, I said on the podcast a couple, I think it was last week, that I'm not tipping the Gold Coast Titans until they show me something, and they haven't shown me anything. But in saying that, the Dragons didn't show me much last week as well. And um, I just seem like I'm being very critical this week. I know I was critical on the Rabbitohs and, and Warriors, but the Dragons should be a team that are fighting around in the top eight this season, and they were made to look like a joke by the... Uh, by the heavyweights of this competition last week in the Melbourne Storm. So they need to improve. They should know they need to improve, especially a team that focuses so much on defense. And if the Dragons are serious about their finals uh, chances this season, it needs to be a big win over the Titans. It needs to be a dominant win over the Titans. And, um, you know, to to the Titans' credit, they keep showing, turning up each week. They keep trying. But, um, you know, it's it's quite clear that something significant needs to change here at the moment. Now, Jaden Campbell might be that guy that can just kickstart them um, and their point scoring, but I just think the Dragons got a little bit more, a bit, little bit more um, to their game at the moment, and I think they'll bounce back. Um, I've got the Dragons by 18 points on Saturday night. Here we go. The main event of Super Saturday takes place at 7.45 where the unstoppable Melbourne Storm versus the Premiers, the Penrith Panthers. It's first versus second. It's a game we've been looking forward to all year. It's the main event of the whole round, a magic round, but especially Super Saturday. And, man, what a blockbuster we're going to have for you. Um, It's going to be a huge game. I'm excited for it. The Melbourne Storm almost seem unstoppable at the moment. They've scored 70, 50, and 40 points in the past three weeks. It was a dominant victory again against the St. George Oil Dragons, but they've been rocked over the past week by news that their star fullback, Ryan Paperhausen, will be missing uh, for four to six weeks due to an MCL and hamstring injury last weekend in that dominant victory over the St. George Oil Dragons. Uh, Nick Meany will play fullback for them this week. Larimer comes back into the lineup on the wing, and uh, Marion Seve will play his first game in a significant amount of time when he re- uh, replaces the injured Ramus Smith. But, I mean, the likes of Munster and Harry Green are playing pretty best football at the moment, and they're two of the most dominant players that we've seen in the NRL in 2022. Um, Munster and Hughes' combination has been outstanding. It's going to be interesting to see how they match up against, you know, the New South Wales halves and the current Premier's um, half combination in Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. And then that battle of the forward pack is mouth-watering. And, um, you know, what you're going to get with Melbourne. You're going to get hard work. You're going to get effort. And it's a big game because you look at last year's preliminary final, Penrith won on the back of their defense. It was an, I believe it was an 8-6 to six victory over the Storm who looked rattled and tired in that game. 
Craig Bellamy doesn't like losing, and especially twice to the same team. And we don't see it often, so it's going to be a big battle. I'm really interested to see how the Melbourne Storm are going to stack up against the Premiers, who, um, you know, their coach wasn't there last weekend, Ivan Cleary, but they were just out enthused by a, a very impressive Parramatta Eels side last weekend. But don't take it away from Penrith. They were still impressive in that game, and they really made Parramatta earn that victory. Parramatta had to play their best football. They did just like they did in round three, where they beat the Melbourne Storm. So both Penrith and Melbourne have only lost to Parramatta this season. It really opens up this competition and makes Parramatta a heavyweight um, for the rest of the season, depending on how other results go. But this game has all the makings of a classic. I think it's going to go right down to the wire. Um, They didn't do it last week, but usually Penrith's forward pack get on top of the game early, get on top of the contest really, and muscle the opposition forward pack this week, they might be running into a brick wall because the likes of Bromwich, Nelson Sofa-Solomona, Felice Cafusi, Kenny Bromwich, the new Dale Finucane and Josh King, it's going to make it really hard for Penrith to get things their own way. And I just smell an ambush coming. I smell a Melbourne ambush. I think they're going to be up for this contest, even without their star playing Ryan Papperhouse. And I think that they're really going to push it to Penrith. And it's just going to be interesting to see how Penrith respond because... While they lost to Parramatta last week, I think Penrith also had one eye on this contest. And uh, for them to win, Cleary's going to have to be at his best. Um, he was not great last weekend, but as I said, his forwards kind of got uh, got dominated in the middle of the field, and Cleary might have to kick his way out of trouble. Um, as I said, Penrith still played good footy. They were still, um, you know, very much in the contest into the dying stages. Dylan Edwards... Um, as a key man for Pendriff. I mean, he, if he's making 300 metres in a game, and especially off those kick returns and getting Pendriff good field possession to start their sets, then Melbourne are going to find it very hard um, to stop Pendriff and their, you know, the attack that we've seen over the past three seasons. So I'm just really excited for this game. It could go over way. I mean, I think the whole rugby league world is going to be on the edge of their seats watching this game. It's the reason why Magic Round on the Saturday is sold out. Sorry, Matt Cosru friend and guest of the show, he joked that his uh, beloved Dragons and Titans are the real reason. I think they're third after the Warriors-Rabbitohs, but no, seriously, the game of the round, the game of the season, could be Saturday night when the Penrith Panthers take on the Melbourne Storm, and I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a game that's won in individual moments. It's already got an Origin-like atmosphere as we build up to the contest, and um, it's really going to be a taste of Origin 1, because we're going to see Cleary and Luai Versus Munster, versus Harry Green, and they're two of uh, Queensland's, you know, most dominant players, probably their most influential players. So I'm excited to watch it come Saturday night. I've tipped Melbourne, as I mentioned. Melbourne and Bush, I just see it. I think they've been waiting for this game. I think Craig Bellamy's really going to have the guys up and ready for the contest. Don't worry, Penrith will be as well. Um, but I've been saying it for a long time that Penrith have been having, you know, luck and not just luck but you know they, they out infuse and out effort every team in the competition other than Melbourne and I think Melbourne are going to be up and ready for the contest and I think that Melbourne have been preparing all season um, to beat the Penrith Panthers I really do I think it's going to go down to the wire but I just got Melbourne winning this contest by four points I'm excited as I'm talking I'm just getting more excited for Saturday night and I just think Melbourne are ready to show that they are the heavyweights in this competition it's going to be very interesting to see how Penrith stack up because we know what they're capable of. They're the defending premiers. They've been in the grand final the last two years and they've been the best team for the past three years. But man, I think Bellamy's got something special cooked up this week. I've got the Melbourne Storm by four points. We just had Super Saturday, but we're going to have a Super Sunday as well because Magic Round's got three games Sunday afternoon. I'm excited for it. The action all kicks off at 1.50. The Cronulla Sharks versus the Canberra Raiders and me and Cronulla, it's been dubbed one of their most impressive victories in the club's history their big win over the Warriors with 12 men for 65 minutes after Will Kennedy got sent off in that game they were down to 11 for 10 minutes in the second half when Jesse Bromwich got sin-binned which could be argued could have been a send-off as well but I don't think it would have made a difference if that was a send-off because all the effort areas the Sharks just dominated the Warriors in all aspects and they're proving every week that they can be a they're basically the dark horse in this competition and they can really uh, be a threat to the premiership and um, you know, I, I called it late that late last year that um, they're going to be up and they're going to be contenders, but I'm even being impressed by the performances they've dished out this year. As I mentioned, the effort plays last week, the effort areas, they just dominated the Warriors. Um, it was next man up mentality. Their sliding defense was impressive where they did get pressured, which admittedly wasn't much because they just dominated the 
the disappointing New Zealand Warriors. Now, this week, Trindle comes in because of Will Kennedy's suspension. Nico Hines will shift back to fullback. And how amazing was he last week? Such a great performance. His off-the-ball football skills are enormous. He's always backing up plays, and he always finds himself in the right position of the field. And he was amazing for the Storm for half the season last year at fullback. So it's going to be interesting to see how he goes back at his natural position. And um, Ramian's been replaced by... Connor Tracy, um, who made a successful return on the wing last week, he will come back into the centres with the return of Katoa and Mulatalo. Um, so, you know, Cronulla Sharks, they're not full strength, but they're going to be up for this contest for sure. They're versing a Canberra Raiders side that, you know, it was, a, it was a win last week for the 40th anniversary of the club against the Bulldogs. And credit where credit's due, they got up in that one that game, but it was not an impressive game of football. They didn't have a... A huge team they had to overcome. It wasn't a huge climb for them. They dominated possession. They scored points when they had to, and they've got to build from that victory. And they're still without their key man in um, Jack Wyden. Disappointing to see Jared Croker separate his shoulder last week as well. Um, but surprisingly, the Raiders, if we remember back in round one this year, they upset Cronulla um, to kick off the season down there in Canberra. I think we've got a different environment up there on Sunday. And you know, I'm just such a fan of how Cronulla's going. I predicted that they would go well at the start of the year, as I mentioned, but their forward pack has been impressive. Dale Fanuke has made such a big difference to guys like uh, Nikora and Wilden's games, and I think that um, him and Cameron McInnes is just a one-two punch in how to be professional and how to uh, conduct yourself on and off of the field, and I think Cronulla um, are really reaping the rewards at the moment. I think the forward pack gets lifted while those two are on the field, so... Um, as for Canberra, I don't have, I don't think they've got a man like Fanukan or McInnes, someone that can really settle their forward pack and have them being competitive in every player of the game. And while Frawley did a really good job in Jack Whiten's absence, without their best player, um, and with these constant changes to the lineup, especially in the spine, Charles Nicholson says back at fullback again this week. It's hard for them to get any rhythm. I mean, Adam Elliott's doing a serviceable job at five eight, but uh, at hooker, sorry, but for me, they just lack that killer blow that Whiten would usually add. And I think they're going to be competitive in this game. They're going to be up early for it, Canberra. But I just think Cronulla got too much firepower at the end of the day, and I've got Cronulla by ten points to kickstart a big day of Super Sunday action. One of everybody's favourite times of the week to watch football, the 4pm game on Sunday afternoon. Promises to be a cracker when the Sydney Roosters host the Parramatta Eels. And man, what a victory for Parramatta last weekend. And it really restored a lot of fans' faith for their club with the resounding win over the Penrith Panthers. They're the first team to beat Penrith in Blue Bet Stadium up there at Penrith since 2019. Um, they were just incredible. Their forwards laid a platform early. Uh, Paula had his best game of the season. As I mentioned, he was enormous. Regan Campbell Gillard was great. Madison, Papali, he, Nathan Brown, they all did their work. And um, it really, they really reaped the awards because that allowed Gufson, Moses, Brown to get in, involved in the game, especially in attack. And we saw some of their best football this year. So for Parramatta, they're known for doing this. They're known for lifting for the big teams. And then the next week, kind of putting in a semi-average performance because they've got one eye on the future. They cannot underestimate the Sydney Roosters because they haven't been great this year, the Roosters. And, you know, it was a good win last week over the Titans, but it's a win they had to earn. Um, they didn't get everything going their own way, and I still don't think their harsh combination is playing great. But on the back of Tedesco, um, they're always a threat. And, I mean, their forward pack is improving. I think the likes of Angus Crichton and, and Victor Adley are starting to play better football than they had for the majority of the start of the season. Sam Verrill's a big loss in hooker. Connor Watson will come in to replace him. But... Um, it's a Roosters team that's still improving. Um, and it's a week-by-week basis in terms of their halves combination and their game management skill. And, you know, they're versing two players, uh, Kiri and Walker, in Moses and Dylan Brown, who have played together for such a long period of time that it also almost comes naturally for them. They know that Brown's the running man, the man that's really going to threaten with his footwork. While Mitchell's Mo- Mitchell Moses does have a running game in him, but he's more of the game manager. So um, the Eels just can't... Be complacent. They've got to respect their opposition. They've got to turn up in every play, and they've got to be ready to do the hard work to win this game because I'm sure the Roosters will be. I'm sure they're going to be revved up and ready for this big contest to see how they are in relation to the heavyweights of this competition, which is fair to say that uh, Parramatta are after you know that fantastic performance last weekend. So it's going to be it's going to be a big game of football Sunday afternoon. Um, as I mentioned, the Roosters are going to be looking to make a statement that they still are contenders in this competition, but Based on what I saw last week, 
Um, it's hard to back against Parramatta because we know how good they can be now. We saw it in the Melbourne game. We saw it in the Penrith game. It's just about consistency. It's about effort, and it's not. It's about not dropping those standards, and that's what Brad Arthur's really good at drilling to his club this week. Um, as I mentioned, the Roosters are still trying to learn their way with this new halves combination with some of their troops back in. Um, that it's going to take a little bit of time, and I predicted them as my grand finalist. Uh, I predicted this as the grand final at the start of the year, the Roosters versus the Eels. The Roosters, you know, are playing under expectations at the moment, but you can still see the potential in the team if they can get it all together. It's just that Kiri and Walker, it's a work in progress, and if their forwards can't get over this, you know, threatening Parramatta forward pack at the moment, it's going to make Kiri and Walker potentially have a long day at the office. And I'm interested also to see the battle between Tedesco and Gufson because um, Tedesco's form has been scintillating, and Guffo had a, a good return to form last weekend, but... Um, you know, you'd you'd hope that he would step up when he's versing the best fullback in the game in Teddy. So it's going to be a big game, this one. I've got Parramatta by 12 points, but I think it's going to be a game that's in the balance for a long time. I just think that if Parramatta can showcase um, their game management skills that they had last week, that they're just going to be too good in the key moments um, on Sunday afternoon. And to finish a huge round of football in Magic Round, the 6.25 game on Sunday night, Sunday Night Football Returns this week is the West Tigers hosting the North Queensland Cowboys. And the Tigers, uh, they were in the contest for a long period of time against Manly. It was a poor start. They fought well, especially in that second half. Um, but overall, it's a, definitely a, a work in progress there for Michael Maguire. Those wins against CF Sydney and Parramatta seemed like a while ago again. And suddenly the pressure starting to get to the club a little bit. Um, Brooks and Hastings... You know, they've improved since the start of the season, no doubt. Hastings has really came in and made the team his own in the halfback role and controlling it well. But um, really, they just lack the star power and their forward pack just are not doing enough. So Brooks and Hastings can really play their natural game there in the halves. They're versing a Cowboys side that have been the surprise packages of 2022. They've been enormous this year. I mean, um, they weren't at their best, in my opinion, last Saturday against the Knights and... Um, Todd Payton found it as a found it a reason to kind of sub some of his key men like Tamalola and drink water and give him a little bit of a rest early. Um, I think Valentine Holmes might have went off as well by memory. I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, it really gave an opportunity for them to uh, to get a little bit of a spell and, and get freshened up for this weekend's contest. And, you know, as I mentioned, they weren't their best, but Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend this year and their game management has been very impressive. And I think that the you know introduction of these young players, the youth that we're seeing in the forward pack. Um, again, we saw the likes of Nenai and Luki have a really good game. Ruben Cotter doing so much work um, as the starting front row. And, you know, they're just reaping the benefits of hard work, the Cowboys. And I heard a story this week that they had such a hard, you know, um, off-season that some of the players really got pushed to the limit in terms of training. But you're seeing it rewarded because... It seems to me like these players are playing for Todd Payton at the moment, and I'm just really impressed by the effort plays of the Cowboys. Even when the Cowboys have lost this season, it's not due to lack of effort. They've been in contests. They've had to make the opposition earn every point that they score on them, and I'm really just impressed with how they're going. And for me, like a lot of other people, I'm waiting for a little bit of a drop-off where they start losing a few games. But from what I've seen this year, they are finalists. They are finalists with the effort that they're showing at the moment. So they just could continue that week in and week out. They can't disrespect the Tigers and think this is going to be a walk in the park this week, because the Tigers are improving and they are competing in contests. I just think that they just lack um, they lack the experience and they lack the star power to get them over the line a lot of times. And um, you know the Cowboys, the likes of Scott Drinkwater, Dearden, their form. And the platform that Tamalolo leading that forward pack and everyone else kind of get around him and his, you know, increased minutes and the other young players stepping up. I just think the Cowboys are going to have a little bit too much class for the Cow- uh, the Tigers to end the round. I've got the Cowboys by 16 points. All right, so those are my tips for Magic Round. Round 10 of the NRL, and hopefully I can get that elusive perfect round. I've got one this season, but looking for a backup and... Just to recap my tips this week, I've gone Newcastle upsetting the Bulldogs to kickstart the round. A second upset on Friday Night Football with the Brisbane Broncos defeating the Mealy Seagulls. Super Saturday, I've gone the South Sydney Rabbitohs to bounce back against the Warriors. The Dragons 
to get back on track after last week's humiliating defeat against uh, the Storm, and they'll back it up and get the win over the Gold Coast Titans. The Storm making a huge statement with a big and dominant win over the Panther Panthers, and on Sunday afternoon football, I've got the Cronulla Sharks continuing to impress with a big win over the Canberra Raiders. The Parramatta Eels backing up last week's performance with a victory over the Sydney Roosters, and the North Queensland Cowboys being too classy for a... Uh, a hard-working West Tigers side. Those are my tips for Magic Round. Let's move over to my Super Coach Buys of the Week. And this week, I've been looking, and obviously a lot of teams are affected by the injury to Ryan Pappenhouse. And if you play Super Coach, you're looking for a new fullback. And there's three men that really are key um, that you can choose from. One of those is Nico Hines. One of them is James Tedesco. One of them is Tommy Trojevic. You may already have one or two of those players, defend, depending if you've got Nico Hines at 5'8". But I think if you've got Hines in 5'8", it's a perfect opportunity to shift him back at fullback and get a gun 5'8 in like Scott Drinkwater or Cameron Munster. So um, you've got options there in your fullback. There's plenty of good performing players at the moment. Cam Murray's another big loss. Um, I think it's really important if you want to make cash this week to really cash in on Ben Trojevic. 188k, he's going to go up you know, anywhere from 60 to 100k this weekend. Get him in your team. Good luck in Supercoach this week. I think I really improved last week. I had Frizzell and Oluquatu that were late withdrawals, but I think I'm sitting around 30,000. So not where I want to be, but hoping for a big week this week uh, to climb back up the overall rankings. All right, moving on to my bets of the week now. And I went a few upsets this week, but um, I want to get some money on the board for you guys with my bet of the week. So... I think your best way uh, to do that is, I mean, I think the Storm are going to win at 220. I think they're great value, but let's be honest, it's a toss of the coin game. I think your best value is the Dragons. Um, $1.80, I think they're sure things over the Gold Coast Titans. I'm just not liking what I'm seeing from them at all. I think you add them to the Broncos, who are 245 with the start. They're four and a half start. I think that game's going to be close, even if the Broncos lose. That's $1.85. I like those two. They get you a total of $3.30. But this week, I'm going to give you a bit of value. I'm going to go a bit more. I think that uh, you can add Camber with their line, which is minus 11.5. Then to win by 12 or more, that's $1.85. We'll add them in there as well. Um, And to end the round, put in the Cowboys to beat the Tigers 13-plus at 2.35. So the Dragons head-to-head, the Broncos with 4.5 start, the Sharks with minus 11 and a half start, and the Cowboys win 13 plus. That multi gives you a total of 14.45. Jump on it now, um, and I hope you guys get up if you back my bet of the week. All right, thank you guys for listening to the show this week. I'm really excited for the Magic Round. I hope you guys have a good weekend. Let's hope we get a perfect round, and I'll see you guys next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.